Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to Episode 7 of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now, on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week will speak with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a myriad of topics. And here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those topics being discussed, and we'll continue that conversation a little bit further. Now, currently, we're in the middle of a series on dispensationalism and dispensational theology. We're in part four of the series, and we're going to jump right in. So let's do this thing. So I think now would be a good time to take just a couple of moments to review where we've been, because we're going to do something a little bit different today. In our previous episodes, we took a look at the first five dispensations. Again, as a quick reminder, a dispensation is just a period of time in which God is dispensing his grace in different ways to different peoples. So first we saw the dispensation of innocence. Then we moved into the dispensation of conscience. From there, the dispensation of human government, the dispensation of patriarchs. And last time we looked at the dispensation of the law. Now, before we jump into the sixth dispensation, I think it's important to talk about some of the parameters around how we get from the law over to the next dispensation, the sixth dispensation, that of grace. And we can't do that without talking about, first, the book of Acts. Now, this is going to be pretty key for us today, but one of the things that I want to make sure that you take away from today's podcast is the book of Acts is a book of transitions. And if we don't understand this, we're going to get off into wonky town, which is kind of like funky town, but for heresy, I guess. I don't know. We're going to get messed up with our theology. The book of Acts explains how we get from the practices and customs of the nation of Israel to the practices and customs of the New Testament church. And without the book of Acts, we're kind of lost as to how Christianity was formed. So in order to better illustrate this transition, I think we should look at a couple of examples. And one of the ones, the most obvious ones, is what happens at the day of Pentecost. Now, if we were to read in Acts 2, and we, we've got more things to talk about later on in Acts, so I'll give you the paraphrased version for now. But the Holy Spirit descends from heaven and indwells believers, which is amazing. God, his Holy Spirit, is now living inside of us. Now, it's important to note that this is a new thing and illustrates this transition because this was not the case in the previous dispensation, that of the law. Writing in Psalm 51.11, listen to what David says, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Because in the dispensation that David lived, the Holy Spirit would rest upon believers, but never dwelt inside of believers. And this is, again, a great illustration that something, something different, something, something new is happening in the book of Acts. We see examples of this if we take a look at how the book of Acts is structured. If we were to start reading and we read chapters 1 through 12, we would see a heavy focus on the ministry of Peter. But by the time we get to Acts 13, all the way through the end of the book, it's a heavy focus on the ministry of Paul. And if we were to read the book of Acts, we discover that Peter is very much an apostle to the Jews, but Paul is very much an apostle to the Gentiles. Now, there are lots of other examples of this that we could look at, but there's actually one that I want to focus on, and this is the story of the conversion of Cornelius. And we find this in Acts 10. 
Cornelius is a Gentile man, and he has a vision from the Lord instructing him to send men to a city called Joppa to meet Peter. And as the men that Cornelius sent are approaching, Peter actually has a vision from the Lord where he is instructed to eat food that Jews were told were ceremonially unclean. In Acts chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet, knit at the four corners, and lit down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. So it's very clear here that Peter has an expectation of certain foods that he is and is not to eat, and what he's following is the Mosaic law. Peter's only mistake here is saying, like, no to God. Like, don't, guys, don't say no to God. But, I mean, I think we can understand where his confusion is coming from. At one moment, these animals are, are off limits to him. And now God's saying, hey, man, shrimp's on the menu. You can, you can do this thing now, right? So Peter's a little bit confused, but let's continue reading the story. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. The dudes that Cornelius sent, they show up and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So if we fast forward a little bit in the story, Peter's going to arrive at Cornelius' house, and it says this. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many that were come together. And verse 28 is key. Listen to what it says here. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. In verse 34, Peter goes on to say, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And as Peter continues to talk in verse 44, we read, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. So a logical question might be, what has happened that has precipitated this change? And what we ultimately find out is that it's Israel's constant rejection of their Messiah that changes the focus from the Jews to the Gentiles. 
And the evidence of this is how the book of Acts closes. Paul is trying to convince the Jews of the deity of Jesus Christ, their Messiah. And in chapter 28, verse 25, it says this, And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And so after the book of Acts, what is the next book? Well, it's the book of Romans, and Romans is a masterpiece. It's, it's been called the, the Constitution of the Christian faith. And what does it lay out? It lays out how Christians should be Christians. All the major doctrines that we see are found here. Well, imagine if we took the book of Acts out of the Bible we go straight from John right into Romans, and everybody's confused. So this book is incredibly key for us understanding how it is that we get from the law to the dispensation we'll be talking about in our next episode, The Dispensation of Grace. So as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the PS Plus. As a reminder, this content is being covered in an LFBI course called Systematic and Dispensational Theology, and you can enroll right now at LFBI.org. Enrollment is open for the spring 2021 semester. I would highly recommend taking that course. It's been my pleasure to be with you, and I'll talk to you next time. Oh.